Donald Trump has hit the Grand Slam and has received his fourth indictment, this time coming from the great state of Georgia. We here on the left wing have been calling this indictment the big one, and we'll be discussing why that is today. I'm John Cooper from Counterpoint Politics, joined by my co-host, Dr. Erica from Cocktails and Capitalism, recurring guest TJ Whitehead from Powers Taken Not Given, and, and first-time guest Leah from Socialist Sleuths. With that, let's get started. Uh, so there are three main reasons, I believe, that this is the biggest and most threatening indictment Trump is facing. First, since it is being prosecuted in state courts, Trump will not have the power to stop it, even if he does win the presidency in 2024. If that happens, it would create a very interesting constitutional conflict, uh, which will have self-proclaimed party of small government conservatives arguing that the head of the federal government is immune from prosecution from state governments. I certainly <laughs> don't want nor think that Trump will win the presidency, but that would be in extremely interesting to watch play out. But the second reason that this is so big is because the state of Georgia is prosecuting using RICO laws, the kind of laws that are used to take down criminal organizations like the mob. These laws were specifically created to take down the heads of criminal conspiracies, even when they use plausible deniability to claim that their actions weren't intended to enact some wider conspiracy to commit a crime. We all know that Trump is a master of using plausible deniability to defend some of his more insidious actions, and that his only real explanation of the actions that led to January 6th is plausible deniability. So what I'm saying here is that the prosecutors in Georgia aren't fucking around. They know exactly what weapons to bring to this fight. And lastly, it's so big because we heard on the tape very clearly and obviously that he was committing a crime. Uh, the, the crimes that he was accused of, we have tape of him doing it. We knew this years ago, and this is why we've been saying this is going to be the big one, because I don't know how he's going to wiggle out of it. Um, here are two clips from the recording of Trump's phone call with Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, uh, which show him threatening a government official if he doesn't find him enough votes to win the presidency. So, look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes. It's more illegal for you than it is for them. Because you know what they did, and you're not reporting it. That's a, you know, that's a criminal. That's a criminal offense, and and you know you can't let that happen. That's that's a big risk to you and to Ryan, your lawyer. That's a big risk. Now that audio, that audio is the cornerstone of this case, in my opinion. But it only accounts for a fraction of the charges. The charges are far too long to cover them all here, but Trump and 18 of his associates, including Mr. Four Seasons Landscaping himself, Rudy Giuliani, are being charged with 162 acts of criminal conspiracy to unlawfully change the outcome of the election in favor of Trump. In addition to the phone call with Brad Raffensperger, other key pieces of evidence for this conspiracy include the Trump team's lies to government officials about fraudulent votes being counted, tampering with voting machines, stealing election data, and intimidating witnesses, among other things. TJ, you are on record saying on this show that you don't think Trump will actually be going to jail if found guilty. Do you still think that? Because I, yeah. I think he might be going to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I do. I do think that uh, Trump, I he will be found guilty, I believe, most most likely. But uh, I can't see him do, uh, being sentenced to like an actual penitentiary. I think that he's going to be like under house arrest. That that's 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 the most likely scenario. And because like, you know, 
the whole the logistics with the secret service like what do they do they have to be with him at all times you know you can imprison them as well it's, it's weird like so i think that a house arrest is going to be uh uh the most likely outcome but yeah i mean honestly though the entire thing is just a travesty because he did everything right and they indicted him. I I, I can't believe this. It's it's, it's 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 a it's a miscarriage of justice of the highest order. And it's fun. It, what's really funny to me about this is I've gone on record. One of the one of the predictions I'm most proud of is that this time last year, everyone was uh, hyping up Ron DeSantis and kissing his ass and saying DeSantis is going to be like uh, the the Trump without the baggage. And from day one, I said. DeSantis is going nowhere against Trump. There's no possible way he could beat him. And I've never felt more vindicated. And with the whole, and I I was mystified as to why DeSantis is running in the first place. I couldn't figure it out. It's like, you know, you know, Donald Trump is the flagship bearer of the Republican Party. Like they, they love this guy. They would, they would, you know, run into traffic for him. Why would you stand up against him? And then it made sense later on. It's like, you know, DeSantis probably knew about definitely the Florida, you know, the the uh, the indictment coming there. And he says, OK, well, maybe he'll be weakened enough and I can get on there. But what's happened is predictably is that every indictment makes Trump even stronger. It reminds me of like in the Avengers when Thor was fighting Iron Man and Thor kept hitting Iron Man with bolts of lightning and it just made his suit more and more powerful. That's what's going on with uh, the indictments. And, but it only is going to, it's only going to work for the primaries. Like, yeah. He's definitely like definitely going to win those, but when he gets to the general, it's going to crush him. Trump has no chance of winning the general whatsoever, but this is just assuming that, Trump and Biden are both alive this time next year, which <laughs> is an open question. I mean, this is if we're if 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 our suspicions are correct and we are living in hell or a weird TV show, the best <laughs> twist possible is to have one or both of them die and uh, see because I then that th wouldn't be but then that wouldn't be the hellscape that we know so well like if we could get rid of them then we wouldn't be suffering to the extent that we are now I mean even back to your point about Trump not serving jail time a part of me is like would the political apparatus that not only gains so much profit from Trump and just his drama and all of that and the media that exists with it but on top of that how much he can how much control he has over the Republicans currently would they allow their little baby to go into jail? No, they're going to fight it tooth and nail. And that's where I kind of fall back on the house arrest thing of like, especially with the Secret Service and everything, like there's no jail that they're going to find apt or like good enough for little baby Trump. However, <laughs> with that said, like there is a part of me that is like, will house arrest be enough and also at what time is all of this going to go down because that's really my question is the timeline is like georgia i would agree with you is the big one but in terms of timeline with them being alive next year but also like during election season where are we going to be in terms of trump going to jail process you know like how far out are we because there's a difference between voting for someone who is on their way to jail in the primary versus voting for someone who is currently in jail in the primary. Um, and I think that that's going to be, even for house arrest, I think that that's going to be an interesting conversation to have. For the Republicans, though, like, you think they're going to care? I, I can't imagine a Republican primary voter 
carry they if he's don't in jail want him to win don't get me wrong they want to, i mean they're doing literally everything in their power to prop up everyone from tim scott is that his yeah, name it's, it's, so boring it's that i can't remember his name um <laughs> <laughs> so there's him um obviously chris christie or whatever he's trying to tear down trump single-handedly um and is not taking his campaign seriously in terms of winning and then there's DeSantis putting fingers um putting <laughs> fingers i agree with you i actually was wrong I was someone who I was not like you. I was not vindicated. I was proven wrong in the past year because I kind of did think that DeSantis was fascist enough um, to where he could gain some popularity from the right wingers. But his personality is so dry that this man took literally the opportunity of a silver platter of like, your opponent has how many charges up against him and your personality still managed to make you lose. Like that's worse than... (laughs) was it jeb bush is that yes i'm sorry these names sound so fake to me but anyway um so yes i think that with especially with desantis like i thought that he was gonna have more of a successful campaign than he did uh now looking at his ads that are made by 4chan users it seems like like that (laughs) yeah he's not going anywhere um but i think that there is some aspect of once that the Republicans realize that the ship, no matter if it's sinking or if it's floating, is Trump's ship. I think that they're going to have no other choice than to rally behind him um, because the alternative is that they just don't have any power. They don't have any say in mainstream media. They're just out. So I think that it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with fighting for someone that they clearly despise, even if in front of Republicans, they're like, yeah, we're pro-Trump. I mean, Tucker Carlson, he's like, yeah, I believe in the voter election. And then behind closed doors, he's like, why do I keep on having to talk about this? You guys are so stupid for believing it. And so it's like, even if they, behind closed doors, we all know that they want Trump to fail because they know that Trump is doomed in the general, even if he does well in the primary. I think that they're going to realize that they're tied to that ship no matter what. So they're going to do their best to keep it floating. Um, even if I think that it's doomed, I hope. No, they are. You're you're right. But like the voters outnumber them and the voters love them and they're stuck. Like they have no choice. I, like, I hope Trump stays alive. I, I, I pray for the health of Donald Trump every night before I go to bed. Like I, cause like he's our best chance of winning. So yeah, I, uh, given the choice, like I I want Trump to live. Like he, he needs to run. I I think that Trump is the only Republican Biden won't lose to. (laughs) okay so in question how do you guys feel and this is slightly separate but related with biden going against trump i as someone who's a georgia voter um and from georgia so obviously i'm actually from fulton county so talk about feeling famous um i my one thing is is that and i know that we're gonna be talking about it in other segments so you guys can go check that out but um with climate change and all that the idea that biden is a slam dunk versus trump i agree that like mentally i'm like okay he's we're talking about him going to jail right now like it's biden is a corpse on many drugs uh that is propping him up and therefore keeping up the status quo uh but with that said i worry that because biden hasn't done enough in terms of delivering on his promises especially for young voters part of me am i the only one that's a little bit worried that trump could like not I don't even know if he could win. I just worry that Biden won't do well enough to where he could even do anything for the next four years. This is, uh, I don't want to try to dominate the conversation. This is the last thing I'll say about that because I want to address that. Um, I stand by the theory that Trump's election in 2016 was an absolute fluke. Like I got a, a weird coincidence that like everything, the stars aligned, that Clinton wasn't terribly popular and no one took Trump seriously. 
And so a lot of people didn't vote for Clinton because they didn't like her. And they said, there's no goddamn way Donald Trump's going to win. And then he did. And after that, people did take Trump seriously. So the anti, so it wasn't, there's no pro-Biden. Seriously is a stretch, but I understand what you mean. (laughs) Say what? (laughs) Seriously is a stretch, but I understand what you mean. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, the whole thing was just an anti-Trump movement. And that vote is going to stick. Like the people mm-hmm. who say, no goddamn way, we're not having Donald Trump, that force is coming out. And that's why I think uh, he, he's a slam dunk, uh, slam dunk against uh, against uh, Trump, because it's not about him. It's going to be about people voting against Trump. But, but I, I guess for me, and this is, sorry, I don't mean to dominate the conversation no, either, so go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I agree with you, Leah, that I don't think that young voters are going to turn out in the same way that they did. But I think that the majority of people that aren't in that young voter block are still going to do the anti-Trump vote just as vigorously as they did in 2020. Um, but what were you going to say? I hope so. I was just going to bring up gerrymandering in terms of um, also with like the election, obviously this whole indictment is over Trump saying that the election was stolen. And um, a lot of states use that as a response to, you know, tighten their gerrymandering laws. Like in Georgia, you're not allowed to give water to people in line, no matter how long we're there. Like I had to spend three hours in line to put a vote against Herschel Walker, like, I think that maybe that's why, like, my, my opinion of this is maybe so cynical is that I just kind of see it. And I'm like, with all the gerrymandering, with how hopeless it feels that even, even with how many charges are we at, like, we're over 100 for sure. Um, But I don't know exactly the number of charges. It was 162 just this one. So we're definitely high up there. And with that, the fact that we're still having these conversations of will he actually feel the repercussions of his actions i feel like people have lost faith in the idea of even voting and for what especially when it comes to biden with the climate stuff we'll cover that later um but i think that that's my thing with this indictment that just makes me so worried is that all the conversations are will he still have consequences and i'm like how messed up does our system have to be where we have 160 plus charges and we're still wondering if this political person will see any consequences for their actions like we have them like you said like we played the tape like we have him literally saying i am doing the crimes could you do some more crimes for me please i would like your help in doing these crimes which makes sense then for the rico charges and all that but like damn i don't know it's just one of those things of like how screwed are we in terms of the next decade if these are our options and if our options aren't going down with even 160 plus charges Erica, we haven't heard from you yet. What what do you think about this? <laughs> um, you know, I think it's so hard to tell what's going to happen with any of this. The, you know, scholars, lawyers, constitutional scholars have no idea what's going to happen. You know, you hear them talking about this, they are baffled. There's so many unprecedented things about what's happening with this case. Um, but I do think that yeah, this is the big one. They've brought out all of the big guns with these RICO charges. They are literally painting Trump and his co-conspirators as a criminal organization, which is like on par with like the mob. They're using laws that were designed specifically to go after the mob um, and that are so so elaborate and so comprehensive that they can kind of cast a wide wide net and potentially really, really nail all of these people involved. Um, you know, a, a lot of the co-conspirators they're likely to flip. They're likely to start talking. Um, I mean, I think this could really be the one that gets him, but I don't purport to know 
anything about what's actually going to happen, how this is actually going to go down. You know, there are like, like you say, Leah, the variable of like just the public and, and Trump supporters and how apeshit they're going to go if he is charged with these things and he is locked up. Uh, yeah, I, I hope and pray that we will see him locked up for the rest of his life and that he won't be a threat to our country, our political system, to the world anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't have as much hope that he was just a one-time win. <laughs> I think that he has made, he's carved out such a space for himself and is so in charge of the whole Republican party, the whole right wing in this country now that everyone has had to line up behind him and they're willing to you know, give up on the things that they even believe in so that they can just have a little bit of that power and benefit from the power that he has gained. I think he's going to be continue to be that person in our American politics unless we lock him up. And that's why they're trying to throw the book at him, throw the it, library at him. <laughs> it is crazy how much the loyalty to Trump has made Republicans from politicians to media pundits to everyone just twist themselves into pretzels defending something they know is wrong. Like I made yeah. a TikTok and, and we'll play the clip here of Ben Shapiro in 2014 was literally on Larry David, not Larry David, um, Larry King show. Um, and he basically said, yeah, no, a president needs to be held accountable because the executive branch has been giving so much power and they've just been getting away with trampling all over our rights for so long. And if they're, if they're not held accountable, they just continue to do it. And it was so clear and obvious, like what 2014 Ben Shapiro would have thought is that, yeah, the president should be held accountable. And every single conservative right now who's saying, oh, this is a political witch hunt. You know, you, this is a banana republic. I see that term being thrown around a lot on the right. Uh, we're just trying to target political opponents. Like, no, we we have the tape. We all heard it. You heard it, too. We we all live in the same universe where we heard him saying I'm committing crimes. And like, th that's the thing that like blows my mind here about this one is that they sit here and they're like, oh, he didn't actually mean it that way. He didn't, he didn't mean, and it's like, if your boss tells you, hey, I want you to do this illegal thing for me, you know? And they're like, well, honestly, it, it, I feel like you're going to get in trouble if you don't do this. You know what your boss is saying. You know, like, like your boss doesn't even have to be that explicit for you to understand damn well that he wants you to break the law, you know, if you've ever been in that situation before. And to hear Trump do a, like, if this was uh, someone writing a mob movie and they wrote out a mob, um, like a mob boss threatening a public official like this, I'd be like, that's really shitty writing. No, no mob boss is that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here we are. And I do think there is, an, there is a legitimate plausible deniability of, I don't know if Trump actually like had a whole conspiracy in his mind i don't think trump really put all of these things together in his own mind to try and overturn the election i think that he had people around him who were doing that and manipulating him into doing so because i don't think that the guy who set up the press conference at four seasons landscaping uh was really all that with it and this criminal mastermind but that doesn't mean he wasn't part of a conspiracy to commit a crime and the head of it yeah you know like, like, like that doesn't I... mean that he's innocent my one thing that I think is, uh, just to jump off of that, that I think is so interesting from, again, the Georgia Fulton County perspective, representing, um, I'm going to keep on saying that because really this is my claim to fame, um, but is the thing that these RICO charges, God, this is going to be the most right wing thing that I could probably like that is it's going to come off as right wing, but I think that it's interesting that 
they're using RICO charges because in this case, it is very legitimate to cast that wide net, to round them up, say that they were all part of this conspiracy because it's very obvious, like you said, it's on the tape where he's like, do this for me, it is a crime. And that fits RICO of like, you have a network and you're using that network to do illegal things. But I think that it's interesting considering the fact that Atlanta has used RICO charges recently in the past few months for cop city protesters. Um, and saying that like the Atlanta bail fund is going up against RICO charges because they're saying that they are, you know, helping domestic terrorists, aka cop city protesters, by offering them support. And I think that it just it goes to show to me how interesting our justice system is, because not only are Republicans twisting themselves into knots to to do you know to fit the narrative but on top of that i feel like our systems right now are getting all sorts of twisted into knots because even in atlanta like we can't get it straight of like are we doing the bs charges or are we actually going full head on for the president and it's like the same person who is prosecuting people who are defending a forest is the same person who is chasing after trump it's the same office who's chasing after trump for legitimate reasons and i think that that goes to show how capitalism will twist itself into knots to maintain the status quo. And in this case, it means that the status quo is that we can't have a president that's as unpredictable, that's as insane <laughs> as Trump, because it is something that the system can't control. And it's also in a direction that doesn't serve the elite anymore, because he is he is the powerhouse. He doesn't listen to the lobbyists. He does, he does whatever he wants. Not that he's doing it for the workers, because he's 100% not. He is uh, lying through his teeth whenever he says populist po policy, but, um, I do think that it's just this interesting thing where we're seeing so many fractures in our system of like, you said like Ben Shapiro in 2014 was all down for holding people accountable. But when it comes to holding anyone else accountable in the past, like, I don't know how long Ben Shapiro has been alive, but literally all of our presidents are war criminals. So it's just like, to me, it's a very interesting time to be alive in the sense that it has to it has to go after someone to maintain the status quo because Trump, like, I mean, he was unpredictable, bad, but it also has to, in some ways, disenfranchise people and others to maintain the same system. And I think that that's just something that's really interesting with this indictment and specifically with the Rigo charges. Lee, I, I, think I just wanted to add there. Um, because I want to correct that the, the Rico charges never actually came down for the activists in Atlanta. Yeah. They, it was proposed and there was a lot of like, you know, hype about maybe this is going to, you know, I did a few episodes about this talking with some of the cop city protesters um, that those never materialized, even though they were kind of laying the groundwork for that. Um, but yeah, just like you're saying, they have used, you know, RICO charges potentially against protesters that they're calling domestic terrorists for things as little as occupying a I forest mean, yeah. And then I was going to bring up Stephen Donziger, who I spoke with about his RICO charges. These are, you know, there are very illegitimate uses of RICO, which have been which we have been seeing. And I have been railing against on my show in multiple episodes. But there are also these very, very, very legitimate uses of RICO charges um, that are not just going after Trump, but also going after the fossil fuel industry for planning and coordinating that they were going to, you know, miss, they were going to deceive the public about the, the impacts of their industry um, and, you know, kind of coordinate that they could continue to make profits and hide the truth from the public. So, yeah, two very different sides of this coin using this justice system.